You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The third fate was added contractually for a short period of time because they had essentially planned for the situation that happened, but with a different fate. Like there were two fates out and uh, our two swings, one of them also had to go on for Eurydice. So there weren't enough fates in the building. (laughs) Um, So I was learning, relearning how to play the violin because I played once when I was in fourth grade. And had to learn the things you never knew you would need to to know how to do. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe, leave a comment. That'd be greatly appreciated. Special thanks to our producing team, the Broadway Podcast Network. You can check them out at bpn.fm. If you haven't tried a free trial yet of Built for the Stage, go to the website, builtforthestage.com. Or follow us on the gram at Bill for the Stage, and you'll be on your way with seven days of working with your own Broadway fitness trainer and just seeing what it'd be like to work one on one on an interactive fitness app. All right, special guest, as always, super excited. Our guest uh, was previously seen in Sister Act, Lion King, and is now going to be returning to the marvelous show, Hades Town. Please welcome to Bill for the Stage podcast. Kimberly Marable. Hi, Kimberly. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing, Joe? <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm actually really good now. Uh, it is Monday for everyone that's listening. We're recording on a Monday. Um, I had a very busy weekend, so I woke up a little bit with the Monday blues of like, oh, got so much to do today. But uh, your smile uh, through this uh, screen here and our conversation is definitely making the day a lot better. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It is uh, definitely Monday, so I, I can appreciate what you're what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so before we hit record, we were saying a bit that you're actually originally from New York, um, and we were talking about you know all things pandemic and leaving or staying and staying and going and yada yada. Um, where are you originally from in New York? Yeah, I'm from Brooklyn originally. Uh, my folks are still there. I'm in Harlem now. The commute's easier, but. Uh-huh. I'm still a Brooklyn girl at heart, I think. Okay, great. I so- know. I know. 
Not I think. I know. <laughs> That's okay. 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 Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's open up a little bit with um, with Hades Town and your involvement with it uh, from the beginning, or did you come in later? What's your history with the show? Yeah. Um, I came in like sort of the last at the last developmental stage. Um, prior to the West End engagement, they were seeking a way to sort of develop the uh, the workers' course. Um, and so a bunch of us, Ahmad Simmons and I, as, as well as a number of other people um, who came together and we helped David Newman put the choreography together. Some of the things made it to the show, like all the lantern stuff. We didn't have lanterns. We just had our hands. We had no idea we'd be carrying like massive metal lighting fixtures. Um, but, uh, you know, some of that made it into the show and obviously other things did not. But it was really cool introduction because I didn't get to see the show downtown. Um, and so just getting to hear the music and like, whoa, what is this show? <laughs> this is this is like beyond anything that I'd ever seen before or been a part of before. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my entry point. And then they went to London and I was like, I need to, I need to be in this show whenever it comes back. And then they announced like right afterwards that they were planning to take their Broadway bow and yeah. the rest is history. I auditioned like everybody else did so, the papers call that we learned in the, in the workshop, but it's not in the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, my next question was going to be if you already had this hunch that the show was going to be special, but just from what you've already said, it's it seems like you had that intuition that, oh, this is this is different. Yeah, you know it's interesting. So Hades Town is actually the first time that I've been an original cast member. So that I mean, first of all, bucket list item that was very cool to be able to check off my list. Um but I really had no way of knowing, like, oh, this is going to go to Broadway. I just knew that this is just an awesome piece of theater and piece of art that uh, I think will be meaningful for people um, uh, and doesn't necessarily have all the Broadway razzmatazz, mm -hmm. um, but it actually is a story that, that speaks to humanity. Um, not that there's wrong with low razzle-dazzle, but, you know, we need something else every now and then, too. Um, and I, I think that more than anything is what I knew that this show had in spades. Um, and I just wanted to be a part of it. So it was wishful thinking that came true mm. <laughs> that, that it came to Broadway. Yeah. I formerly uh, directed a play called Eurydice uh, by Sarah Rule. And... Mm -hmm. um, so I have this like special place in my heart about Orpheus and Eurydice. How much did you know about the story going into it? And once you were cast in the show or the workshop or just that process, how much of that diving into the Greek mythology of it all was a part of the process? Yeah, I, it's interesting. I always enjoyed Greek mythology in school, but I definitely would not say I'm an expert by any means. Like it sort of stopped with, uh, I don't know how old you are, but do you remember like Hercules and Xena when they were on television? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. That's kind of where it ended. Like <laughs> that, was, you know, we learned it in school and then watched the TV shows and then 
Greek mythologist just sort of sort of stayed back in the nineties, I guess. Um, yeah. But I would say, on my own, in terms of my own research for the show, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the dramaturgical team, staff, person of one, um, <laughs> uh, made other research available for us um, to access while we were working on the show but mm. i sort of did stuff on my own i i got a i uh so i was understanding persephone and the fate the accordion fate but ended up going anyway that's the story we can get to another time anyway <laughs> um yeah i got a uh retelling of the i would say it's like the story of persephone so it starts all the way from her abduction um, when she's brought down to Hades and, you know, we find the story of how she ends up there and how she ends up having to go back and forth. And they talk about Orpheus and Eurydice in this retelling of, you know, Persephone's origin story, if you will. Um, so, uh, yeah, long story short, it was really great to just revisit all of, all of the stuff that I had learned when I was a kid. You, you don't uh don't hesitate to make the the long stories long because i know that we're gonna have a lot of uh diehard uh hades towns uh hades town fans watching the, or listening to this episode so you were yeah. saying something about an accordion or or what were you saying oh my gosh okay get, so- go, get into it go ahead get into it <laughs> yeah so i um i covered Fate Three, which is played by the glorious Joelle Blackman. Um, she plays accordion. She, first of all, we all had to learn how to play the accordion. None of us played before we started. So we learned how to play the accordion for the show. Um, but also, as luck would have it, and you know, coverage and vacations and weddings and illness. This is pre-COVID, mind you. Um, it just so happened that, uh, the right combination of people were out that I had to learn a different fate in between shows and go on that night. So then I was playing the tambourine and the bells. And at the same time I was learning, I, uh, a, the, of uh, the third fate was added contractually for a short period of time because they had essentially planned for the situation that happened, but with a different fate. Like there were two fates out and uh, our two swings, one of them also had to go on for Eurydice. So there weren't enough fates in the building. Mm. Um, So I was learning, relearning how to play the violin because I played once when I was in fourth grade and had to The things you never knew you would need to to know how to do, play all of the instruments in the world. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. I love that. Yeah, just a casual learn a whole whole new track in between shows, no big deal. Oh my gosh. I uh, you know, that was something I never expected I would have to do in my life. But now that I've done it, I'm like, that's great. I did it. I don't ever have to do that again. <laughs> as far as you know, as far as you know, you never know, as far as I know. what the future will hold. Um, That's true. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's get into a little bit of the creating the worker chorus and the physicality of it all. I know that there's just uh, just from talking to uh, uh, Joel and also uh, Tim Hughes and uh, some people just about that process and how it was very much just organic and free. Just the creative team really let you all just kind of play during the, the process. Um, what was that like? And then I eventually want to get into the comparison of like Lion King because those two are very physical shows, but I'm sure in maybe different ways. Um, and since this is built for the stage podcast, it's great to just hear like how you tackled both of those, uh, challenges I'll say, um, with each show. So what was that like creating the worker course? So, um, yeah, I'm just listening to your question in total. And that's, these are very big topics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, creating, I, I really have to start with our choreographer. David Newman is a genius. Um, uh, definitely a choreographer in this industry that I respect, mainly because of the breadth of his knowledge. Um, and his approach to choreography is very much about um, social dances and what is, what is the movement vocabulary that best serves this story right now? Um, how are ways that we can move our bodies so that we can communicate what is happening emotionally, but also practically like as workers, we're not about to go run around with hammers and mallets, but how are we going to, you know, show that there is hard, you know, work, backbreaking work happening in Hades, Hades town. Um, so I, I really have a great appreciation for, for him sort of entering the space with that sort of mindset, um, of wanting to have human type of movements, not just, we're going to do a double here and bop my split. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to bop my split ever, but, uh, but maybe that's in somebody else's show. Um, but it didn't have to be in our show. Um, and I will second wholeheartedly just how collaborative a process this was. And that that's with David, that's with Rachel, which was really everybody. Um, and I never had been in a situation really, um, where, everybody's creative genius was a lot, was valued, um, and was listened to, um, was encouraged. And then the best idea won, you know, it wasn't a, I'm in charge, do what I say, ah, dumb actor kind of situation. It was more like, no, how do we as a collective tell the best possible version of this timeless epic you know um yeah yeah so that that was really special to be able to do um 
And like I said earlier, the, the movement vocabulary was very much um, like social dance based. So lots of kind of house movement, um, sort of b-boy style movement. There was, I would say there are some African influences. There are other things that are just go like this, like you're marching like a worker, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, as opposed to a Lion King, for, for example, which by the way, is a cast of thousands as opposed to five <laughs> workers, chorus people. Uh-huh. Um, but I would say, you know, especially with the traditional setup of a Lion King, where there is a dancing chorus and a singing chorus, there's really the opportunity for the choreographer um, to be able to let the dancers dance. And so that's why you had, you know, Ailey dancers, you know, former Ailey dancers, Philodanko, Ron K. Brown, all sorts of like contemporary um, company representation on the stage um, at Lion King. Mm. And then for the singing chorus, it was more movement-based that sort of illicit and animalistic feel. Um, They also tried to, uh, I would also say that there was a, a, a different sort of cultural influence. There's a lot of like Balinese movement, particularly with the lions. Um, This is not, this is Kung Fu, sorry. But uh, in terms of like having, you know, different things that are going on. Right. um, To, to tap into more animalistic styles of Mm. of movement. Um, And then lastly, I'll say in in terms of, you know, asking about being built for the stage, Um, that was a totally different thing. Yeah. Like in Hades town, we live in a plie in Lion King. You need to make sure that your arms and your back and your neck and your glutes and everything are strong enough to be able to hold those puppets. Yeah. So you can stand there for three minutes with a, Mm -hmm. with plywood on your, well, not plywood, but something similar on your head, balanced on your head. So, or, you know, in my case where I understudied Nala, uh, Shenzi and, um, and Sarabi, but you know, she essentially was the same as my normal track. Plus in my normal track, I had these bird puppets. So we're, we spend all of circle of life like this <laughs> with <laughs> puppets in our hands and we're shaking. So it's all of those animals have different styles of movement. Shendi has four legs, so I have to walk, you know, mm. quadruped walking and just figuring out how to be able to do all of that healthfully, mm-hmm. um, but also being able to do it in a moment's notice. Um, so that that required a lot of um, different, a different kind of maintenance. Spotting yeah. Maintenance, I would say. In Hadestown, what were you when the show is running and, and now when it's going to be coming back, what were you having to do physically to either prepare for your show or cool down for it or do uh, PT or whatnot when you you weren't up there? How, how was that to just kind of keep the machine oiled? Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of depends on who I was on for more. <laughs> um, I'll start with the, with the smaller thing. Um, if, if I had to go on for a duel, that accordion is a very interesting sort of range of movement. Um, B 
because you're playing, you're essentially playing the piano side up and down on this side, but then you're doing all of this sort of range of movement to, to push and pull the, I don't know what the, it's been almost two years. I don't know what this part of the, <laughs> the instrument is, but the pushy pulley part yeah. um, uh, can really get to your, to your back and your shoulders if it's not, you know, laying right. Sure. Um, especially when, you know, you're having to adjust the instrument to your body because you're wearing it um, and putting it on quickly and taking it off quickly or dancing while playing. Um, so it, it just, uh, yeah, I would say that some PT focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned with the workers chorus, we live in a plie <laughs> all the time. So just making sure like my, my trunk and my core were really, um, loose and open. There's a lot of stretching beforehand, um, and doing a lot of hip flexor exercises. There's a portion of the show where we had to balance tables. So like heavy tables on our legs and have them like tip to the side, like they're moving magically, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which it is magic, but also it's a lot on your thighs and your, and your hip flexors. (laughs) If, um, if you haven't stretched or strengthened them, um, and so that was, that was a lot of, a lot of PT for that, particularly cool. early on. I'll, I'll be on the lookout for that when I see the show this fall. Um, it's yeah. on, it's on my, uh, first three to check off the list. So I'll, uh, be on the lookout for that table trick. <laughs> oh yes. It's a split second. You, uh, you may miss it if you're not looking. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right, let's get into, uh, Broadway serves a little bit and, um, talk a bit about what you are into off the stage. Um, you're a founder of Broadway serves. I'd love for you to just, um, give us a little bit of a, a, a description or synopsis of, of what it is and what brought you to create it and anything you want to share about it. Yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm one of the co-founders of Broadway serves along with Dion Figgins and Dana Marie Ingram. Um, also fabulous, Blacktresses on Broadway. Um, and uh, yeah, we met back in 2012, actually. Um, we all attended the Million Hoodie March um, following the murder of Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happened to be a march that we could do between shows. Um, this I was in Sister Act at the time, and we were in Spider Man and Memphis, I think, was still open then. I think that's what Dion was doing. Anyway, so we went between shows, went to this rally, and uh, we're just so inspired by the community coming together um, for the sake of community. And um, we wanted to find a way where we could engage the rest of the theatrical community um, to engage with their human side. Um, And we felt that the best way for us to do that um, was to provide uh, community service opportunities to professional theater makers and, you know, extended to family and friends and all of that. But um, that's essentially what we do. We provide theater professionals with community service opportunities Um, in our many years of service. We've done all sorts of stuff in New York City. 
Uh, we have a touring division where, you know, we have liaisons um, with the different tours who will connect with different organizations across the country um, so that the people in their shows can serve. We also have a kids serve program um, so that all the, the kid performers uh, can not only interact with each other, so they're not, you know, siloed in their own shows, um, but they can also give back and learn about giving back, you know, early on. Um, and again, you know, the emphasis is really on being, how can we be of service to the community and how can we engage in our most basic of selves, which is as a human being. Hmm. Um, so that's probably serves in a awesome. nutshell. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're listening out there and you're inspired by uh, that mission, um, go to Instagram at B-Way Serves. Give them a follow and uh, see what they have coming up next. Um, or if you want to reach out directly, you can email them at info at broadwayserves.org um, and check out the website, broadwayserves.org. Um, I'm going to put that in the description of the episode as well. So if you didn't have a pen and paper, you can just simply pull up the description and copy paste that into your, your web browser. Um, Kimberly, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for just taking the time to chat. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Yes. It's been great meeting you too. Thanks for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. All right, everyone. That was Kimberly Marable. Make sure you give her a follow on the gram. Um, we'll have her handle in the description of the episode as well. Um, and yeah, this is Joe Roscoe with Built for the Stage. Another great episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We'll uh, catch you for the next one. Later. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.